Good morning, International Christian Fellowship online campus. You see, I have this sign that says smile because today is a great day for you to smile and remember that God has a great word for you. We're so glad you decided to join our service online. I pray that you'll enter into worship. I pray that you'll receive from the ministry of the word. And in the end, I pray that you will make a new commitment for this week and the coming weeks that you will follow the Lord, you will listen to the Lord, and you will live for him with a smile on your face. Enjoy the service. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's great to be back in Rome today. A couple years ago, I had the opportunity to be with you and had enjoyed the day so very, very much. And just love your pastors, Pastor Jennifer, and our hearts have been grieving with you this last year. What a, a difficult ordeal you've been through. But, uh, you know, I love the international church. Every weekend I get an opportunity to speak in a different international church, and I just love the international church. Now, if you ever visit an Assembly of God church in Florida, you're going to find that almost all of them are international churches. The average number of nationalities in our churches in Florida is usually about 30. We have people from all over the world, and every Hispanic, especially Hispanic cultures, uh, just uh, all the different ones, uh, the ones that love each other and, you know, and the ones that don't so much. <laughs> but the truth is the international church is a wonderful place and it, it's a little bit of a, of a glimpse of what heaven is going to be like. You know, when we get to heaven, it's not going to be just one race or nationality. It's all of us together. Amen. And that's what I like about this church, that it's international. There are people from all over the world, every nationality. And it's all because of one thing, that we love Jesus. Amen? And how many can say that Jesus has changed my life? <laughs> um, he has radically changed me, and I'm just so thankful to him for all he's done uh, in my life. In the process of living, however, we run into battles, and God gives us weapons. We call them weapons of our warfare. He gives us uh, weapons to make us complete in him, because we all fight different battles but he gives us these weapons of our warfare, we call them. I just love to think in terms of that. Um, in fact, just recently I read a book that listed about 10 or 12 different ones. I hadn't really thought of them in this order, but he said that the number one battle weapon that we can use in our battle in this life is praise to God. Amen? Didn't you love the song we started with today? Wasn't it awesome? I just, just love that song so very much. He said the second one was uh, giving. And we just gave. And, you know, when we give our money, give a part of ourselves, give a part of our sustenance and where we've been and what we do, it's a weapon against the enemy because the enemy wants to starve everybody to death. Amen? But when we give, it releases God's blessings in our lives. And then there's numerous other ones. He talked about um, uh, the blood of Jesus. Of course, that's a mighty one and praise and and the name of Jesus. And from the time I was a child, my dad taught us that the name, it's the blood of Jesus that delivers us from all the opponent's uh, tactics. And we always, in fact, we, I don't think we ever went as a child, I don't think we ever went anywhere on a trip, but my, what my dad didn't stop and pray, say, in the name of Jesus, we plead the blood of Jesus on our car, on our lives and people around us to protect us from the forces of darkness. Amen. But God gives us these uh, weapons, and, and these weapons are there for the purpose of making us complete in Him. 
What, what, what a great theme this year that you have is being complete in Jesus. And every month uh, you have a little bit of a different uh, angle on that, but, but the major uh, scripture that we're looking at this year is uh, Colossians 2, 9, and 10. It says, for in Christ, and no doubt you've been through this already, but there's something good about repetition. It helps us remember. And uh, um, it says here, Colossians 2, 9, it says, for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And you have been given fullness in Christ. We have been given fullness in Christ. Someone say amen. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you made it possible to us, for us to be full because we had been separated from God. And you made it possible for us to get back to him and be full of, of uh, the fullness of Christ. Who is the head of every power and authority. And that tells us that, that there is no power above Christ. The devil is not above Christ. We need to really get a grip on that. <laughs> the enemy is not above him, but he has made us full in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. And that makes the weapons of warfare mightily powerful. The only thing that the enemy can really do to hinder us is, is to tempt us. In fact, the day is coming when we're going to be standing around the throne giving God glory and the judgment of will happen and we'll see the enemy of our souls and we're going to be amazed at how little he really is in fact in Isaiah Isaiah wrote it that, that they looked at him and, and, and were amazed at how small he really and, and, and the nation said well is that the one who caused all this trouble and so what he does is he tempts and, and, and we need to be careful with our thinking and make sure our faith is based in God's word and make that first weapon the praise of God, the mighty weapon. We give God praise and glory. Now the King James Bible says it this way, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and we are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and powers. And then there's a, a, a man who wrote a book called The Message, uh, or translated the Bible, The Message. And I like how he says this. It says, uh, Colossians 2, 9, Everything of God gets expressed in him so you can see him and hear him clearly. You don't need a telescope, a microscope, or a horoscope <laughs> to realize the fullness of Christ and the emptiness of the universe without him. Isn't that amazing that the whole that life is empty without Christ? And he says when you come to him, that fullness comes together for you too. His power extends over everything. And I just am so kind of in awe of the power of God to help us. Do you need help in your life? I don't know about you, but I definitely need God's help every day. And so I wake up, I'm, I, uh, first, I first spend the first little while praising God and just thanking him. I'm old enough to where I really am thankful that I'm still breathing. So I wake up and I praise you, Lord. You've given me another day to give you glory and praise. Peter uh, writes about this a little bit also. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, he says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these... He has given us 
his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Amen. So today our major text is found in Colossians chapter 4. And the theme this month has been um, um, do a good job. And so our text today is from Colossians 4.17. Tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the work you have received in the Lord. And uh, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you so much for your love to each one of us. And it doesn't matter if we're an elite person in the world or we're just the smallest of the small. God, you are with us. You help us and you invigorate and fill us with your spirit so we can do the job that you've called us to do. And I pray for your special anointing today that it will touch our hearts. Help us to understand you better. Help us to do a good job with what you've called us to do. And for that, I give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Jennifer mentioned that I'm working a little bit in uh, Brussels at Continental Theological Seminary. And uh, so I have an opportunity to work with doctors of theology. Now, I'm far from that. I barely have a BA. I do have a lot of years of experience. But when it comes to theology, I'm a little bit intimidated in preaching in chapel to doctors of theology. But the fact is that they have done what God's called them to do and, and they, they, they magnify the Word of God and help us understand it better. And so I'm learning a lot there. And I learned the difference between some of the biblical characters. We have opportunity and a huge library at our school. In fact, if you ever want to study theology, Continental Theological Seminary is a great place to come. And we have this huge library, and so we have the opportunity to study not only the Word of God, but all the things that the church fathers had said. Our, our library is vast. So here it, it's talking about Archippus. And Archippus was uh, one of these characters in the Bible who doesn't get a lot of attention. Uh, in fact, he's only mentioned in the Bible two times. Some of the church fathers talked about him a little bit more. But tradition tells us that his mom, his name is Aphia, um, um, and uh, uh, it says that she's his, his mom, and then Philemon was his dad. Archippus is their, their son, and, and so Paul is commending the church in Colossae, and uh, he says in 417, um, tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the work that you have received from the Lord. Now, also, later, a little bit later on, we, we make some conclusions that Archippus also became maybe the first bishop in Laodicea. The Bible doesn't tell us that, but church history says that he went on to become a, a great leader in the church. But he started off as just a son of, this, of Appia and, and, and um, uh, Philemon. But the real story of, of Archippus is found in Philemon chapter, uh, it's just one chapter, but verses 2 to 7. Appia, Paul is writing to Philemon, and he says, To Appia, our sister, to Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers, because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith. 
so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing that we have in Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Now, I want to talk a little bit about this family this morning. Is it possible to transfer the qualities of ministry from one generation to the next? I'm wondering because Paul is addressing Philemon and Appia and their son, Archippus. And, but their son happens to be the pastor, so I'm thinking that, that uh, Philemon and Appia did a good job in training their son, in, in, in conveying the faith that they had, and he received what they had. I like to think also that parents, um, they give their kids everything they've got. All the, the whole gene pool, that everything that I am, my parents gave me. <laughs> And for a lot of years in my life, I, I tended to resist that because I wasn't really fully understanding God's purpose in my life. But, but uh, sometimes uh, our parents are a little bit hard on us as children. And uh, sometimes it's for a good reason, because they understand the temptations in their life, and they want to give uh, uh, their children the, the best weapons to live a, a faithful life before God. And so they understand their personal temptations and what they've overcome. And my parents tried to instill into me, and like I said, I resisted it for a little while, but my, 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 my dad was pretty hard on certain things in my life, and, was, and, and I, I tended to resist that. But our parents can instill in us, if we listen to what they say and we respect them, then uh, they can help us in dealing with our life and help us not be tangled up in a lot of the problems that life has to bring. So Paul is saying to Archippus, do a good job. Focus on what you're doing for the Lord and, and keep that focus. And we see probably later on, Archippus wasn't just the pastor here, but later on in his life, he grew and grew and God blessed him and blessed his work. But he knew his gift. We need to know our gift. The gift is what God gives us when we're born. And um, we call these motivational gifts. Um, Romans chapter 12, 6 to 8 goes through a list of these things. And once we really get a grip on how God has created us, how God has helped us in our life, our parents have trained us, and we get focused, we, under, we begin to feel the will of God in our life, and He's driving us toward a certain thing, we discover that these things are already present in our life. And I want to encourage you today to know your gift. Find out what God has given you in advance, and you'll be able to do a better job in your life and be complete in Him. But Romans 12, 6-8, it says, We have different gifts according to the grace given us. And these are the motivational gifts. These are the gifts that God gives us when we're born. It's a part of the gene pool in your life. It's, it's what motivates and, and directs you as, as a person. It makes you an individual before God. But it says we have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it to the proportion of his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. Uh, if it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it's leadership, let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. It took me a lot of years to discover my gift. My gift is serving. I get 
joy in helping and serving others. I, 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 I never was the head pastor of a church, but I served pastors, and my joy comes by serving. And discover when that discover helped me a lot in doing a good job. Now, no doubt, Archippus was an encourager and a server. But since we don't know, we know very little about him, he could have been a prophet or he could have been a combination of a lot of these other gifts, but we do know that he pursued those gifts. We, 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 we know that he pursued what God had given him. And I'm thinking that Paul told his dad, what, what Paul told his dad was transferred to him, and so he was able to do a good job leaving the church in Colossus. When we operate in our gift, there's completeness in Christ. Accepting who we are, one of the big problems in my life was accepting who God created me. I'll never forget the moment I discovered my gifts and this guy wrote a letter. He, I got taken this test and he told me what I was. And I was 80% melancholy because half of my background is in Italy. A lot of Italians are melancholy people. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't want to be melancholy. I wanted to be that exciting, sanguine, you know, Pastor Jennifer, just exciting, sanguine personality. That's what I wanted, but I wasn't that. I tried to be that every time I failed miserably. But, but I, once I embraced what God had created me to be, then I was able to overcome all the hindrances of that. But we see here in our ship, it said he began to embrace what his parents had given him, and Paul encouraged him. So we go to Philemon here. We know that these things about our chippus, we know that he loved people. Philemon 5, it says, for your faith and love for the saints. He had a love for people. His father and also our chippus loved people. Now, if you're a pastor of a church, you need to have a love for people. I've talked to some pastors who say that, uh, I, you know, I, I really love to be a pastor, but I don't like people. Well, if you don't like people, <laughs> you probably are misplaced, you know, <laughs> because uh, a pastor needs to serve the needs of people and love people and uh, not just tell people what they need to hear, but also be in the fight with them and help them in every facet of their life. And so our chip was, was love that. So we need to have the love of God. And it never hurts for us to, to review what the love of God is all about. We need to be all of us. If we're God's people in a dark world, if we're going to be lights to the world, we need to love people. Love people around us. A lot of groups of people have have attitudes about other groups of people. But we've got to somehow overcome those negative attitudes so we can love the world. Because Jesus is our, he's our redeemer. And we want to be complete in him. And to be complete in him means that we're going to love what he loves. And he, he loves what? Jesus loves the world. And so let's look at this. It says in 1 Corinthians 13, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but don't have love, I'm only a resounding gong and clanging cymbal. How many of us hear people that are just clanging gongs or not really helping anybody? They're just clanging. They're just, they're just talking and they're just not helping. But it says, if we have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but I don't have love, I am nothing. 
get, I, I got to just get my brain around that. I could be this incredible miracle worker, and if there's not love in my heart, then I, I, I'm, I'm nothing, it says. Verse 3, it says, If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. He says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. It says, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For now we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. And he goes on to discuss a little bit more. But we see that there is this thing about love that changes us and changes the world. And no doubt Archippus had a love for people. He loved to see God touch people's lives. And then secondly... It says, um, verse 6, Philemon 6 says, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith. No doubt Archippus had a bold faith that people could see. Now, there's a lot of things about us as humans that we've got to overcome to be complete in Christ. And one of them is to be transparent in our faith. We need to let people see our faith. We need to be open with what God has done for us. I want to encourage you. The greatest thing that God has given you is a story. And don't be ashamed to ever tell your story of what God has done in your life. Because that story is an encourager and will encourage others. But it says, be bold. Be, uh, have a bold uh, faith that people can see. Open your heart to others and be transparent. And one of the things that we do as humans is we tend to resist being transparent. Um, we don't want to be transparent. We want to just kind of be ourselves. We want to go home and stay in our house. But God wants us to be open to the world and open what he has done through us to touch others. That's this time of year at, at Continental Theological Seminary is the, is the time of the year when all the third-year students have to preach in chapel. And uh, part of the requirement to graduate is to preach in chapel. And sometimes uh, kids are... Or they don't want to do that. I remember a couple of years ago, one of our students, Jeremiah, just just wanted to be there, but because of his fear of people, fear of being in front of people, he 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 just didn't do it. In fact, came down to the night before, and and I had helped him with the sermon. We'd gone through everything, and he finally said, "I just can't. I can't do it." And I said, "No, Jeremiah, you got to do it. You're going to graduate. You got to do it." And, um, and he just said, I just can't do it. I said, well, listen, how about if I stand up there with you and uh, just ask you questions? He said, well, I can do that. So, so I stood up there in front of everyone. I asked him a couple questions about how he came to the Lord. He starts talking. And before long, he's, I had his, what he was planning to say. He started going through it, and it was, it was just coming out of him. It was just amazing how, how it just came out. But there was, had been this resistance to be in front of people and to be open. And so he was talking. I finally just sat down and listened to what he had to say. 
And do you know, the next year, he came back for a chapel, and um, a funny thing happened. He had gone on a mission trip that summer, and, and, and some people had taken a video of him preaching on the street in Africa. He, he was preaching in, on this mission trip, and as I watched, I couldn't believe it was the same guy. Because here is this guy, mighty man of God, powerful, full of faith, declaring the gospel of Christ on the street. And I'm going, who is this person? He, he was so afraid just to stand up and share his faith even to his own classmates. But, you know, when we do that, then God anoints our words. And when we're transparent and open, God will help us to begin to share our faith and, and share in gospel. No doubt, our chip is shared his faith, and was bold. The third thing was that he was a good teacher. It says, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will be, have a full understanding of everything good that we have in Christ. Good theological foundation means we have good discipleship. And that's, that's part of the greatness about a, a, a church. We need a good foundation in our faith so we don't get distracted by all the stuff going on in the world because the enemy is trying to get us off track, off our, our thinking, and, 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 and uh, twist the word of God a little bit to where our life becomes. A, so we need a good theological foundation. We need to understand the, the true doctrines of 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 the Word of God. I just love a gifted teacher. A gifted teacher can tell us a truth and give us 10 reasons as to why that truth is really the truth of God. But good discipleship helps us grow right. In the Holy Spirit, uh, in, in, in the book, The Holy Spirit and You, Dennis Bennett outlines aberrant spiritual tangents in talking about receiving the Holy Spirit. And, and there are a lot of ways that that these tangents will take us away and steer us away from God's Word. But good doctrine will help us to grow right. It will help us to be stable in difficult moments. And all of us will go through difficult moments. There are moments when we wonder what's going on. But a solid biblical foundation helps us to be stable in those moments. And then the third thing is that it, it encourages others. Good theological Foundation is an encouragement to others. Second Corinthians 1, 3, it says, Praise be to the God of our Father and Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in trouble. You know, part of the reason we go through things is so we can be an encouragement to someone else later in our life. And sometimes we go through a difficult moment and we say, God, why did I go through that? God, what is going on? And, 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 and we wonder what's happening uh, around us. And we don't realize it for maybe up to 10 years. I had a very difficult moment. And I wasn't able to use that story for about 10 years. But a moment came when someone was going through the exact same thing. And I was able to encourage them because I had endured a difficult moment. So we're in encouragement others. And then the last thing, our chip is no doubt exuded with the joy of the Lord. Verse 7, Philemon 7, your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed others with the saints. I'm, he says, I'm happy because you have refreshed the hearts of the saints. In other words, no doubt there was the joy of the Lord, the peace of God. John 14, 27 tells us, 
Peace I leave with you, not like the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You see, when we come to Christ, we're complete with him, then we've got this undergirding, powerful peace that only God gives. And he also gives us the joy of the Lord. And God, I, I, I pray today that you have received these things, that, that this is working in you, that God wants us to be complete in him so we can love others, so that we can have a transparent faith, so that, that the gift that he's given us, we can use it effectively, and so that we can experience the peace of God that the world doesn't give us. Only God gives us his peace and experience the joy of the Lord. Lord, I just thank you today for this, these moments together here at this church. I pray in the name of Jesus that your Holy Spirit would just give us that great undergirding strength that you gave to our chippus. Help us to grow in you. Help us to, to experience what you have for us. And I give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I wonder if the worship team could come. And, and just, just before I sit down, I, I'd like to ask you a question. I'm wondering... If you're here today and you're struggling with who you are or you're struggling with with what God is calling you to do or if you're struggling with just faith and understanding you know God has given us these gifts so that he can use us for his glory as we receive them and open our hearts to him he gives us that powerful completeness in him and he helps us along the way but if you're struggling with that I want to just say a word of prayer could we all stand together and I'm wondering if you would if you would um, if you have any of these personal struggles right with the will of God you're wondering am I doing the right thing am I living am I doing what God really wants me to do you're seeking his will for your life I want to pray with you today Lord we just thank you today pray you'd help us to accept ourselves, help us to accept what you have given us and receive what you've, the guidance that you give us. I pray, Lord, today in the name of Jesus that your spirit will give us that strength and you'll touch our hearts today. Just as our chip has received your gifts, Lord, I pray you'd help us today to receive what you have for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Jennifer, and I want to say to you, I'm so thankful that you were able to participate in the service today. And now is the time when we make a decision to pray. To um, It's a step of action that we take after hearing the Word of God. And so first and foremost, I want to invite you, if you've never asked Jesus into your heart, that right now today, you invite Jesus to be the Lord of your life. So I want you to pray with me, and then I want you to send me an email or a message that says, you know what, I'm making a new start with Jesus because of what I did today. So just pray with me right now. Dear Lord Jesus, you say it. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life, to forgive me of all my sins and disobedience to the Word of God, and Lord, take all of me and help me to serve you in the days to come. From this day forward, for the rest of my life, I'm going to live for Jesus with the help of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Amen. I am so glad you prayed that prayer. And you know what? We don't live in private. We live in public. So tell somebody, you know what? I'm serving God now. I'm walking with Jesus now. Find someone who can help you on this new journey in this new season. Because even in new seasons and deeper walks with the Lord, we need each other. The second thing I want to say to you this morning is I know that there are many of you that are watching online that have burdens. Maybe you're home because you're sick or you've had an unfortunate circumstance. And so today, I want you to know that we at ICF Rome are your church family and we're praying for you. And so right now, I'm praying that the God of heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit would come into that room and that place where you're watching and you would feel the miraculous working power of Jesus. I want you to know that the Lord is with you. You're not alone and he is going to help you and sustain you. I pray for those who are in need financially that God will open the windows of heaven and begin to pour favor on your life. You'll see the answers to the prayers you've been praying. I pray for the miracle power of healing to flow in your body right now. If you're sick, I want you to touch your head, your heart, your lungs, the part of your body, and I want you to believe as I'm believing with you right now that the healing virtue of God would flow into your body. We have seen stage three throat cancer healed. We have seen COVID healed and gone and disappeared. So I'm praying today that your healing would manifest in Jesus' name. And I pray that this will be one of the best weeks you've had because you will know that the Lord is walking with you. I love you. I'm thrilled that you're a part of our online campus and we're praying for you. You send us a request. You send us a testimony so we can celebrate together. God bless you and have a wonderful week.